Thank you so much for having me this morning. I really appreciate it. You bet, you bet. So, Wendy, you work with an organization called CIRC. Can you explain to us what CIRC is? What does that stand for? Because it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful, yes. Southwest Interdisciplinary Research Center. Okay. Again, known as CIRC. Okay. We are at the downtown Phoenix campus of Arizona State University. More names here. We're part of the Watts College, and we are situated also within the School of Social Work at ASU. Okay, School of Social Work. So tell us, what? unpackage it a little bit. What does CIRC do? We do research, mostly community-based research, and so we have professors um, who are on research projects sponsored often by NIH, National Institutes of Health, and we look at issues around health equity, um, also in the fields of substance abuse prevention, diabetes prevention, um, all of those kinds of issues around health and health equity. And then I also run, I'm director of our Office of Evaluation. Okay. And we are very much a community-based group where we work with other providers, such as Taros Health, such as the county or state offices or other health providers, to do research and prevention work in the community. All right, beautiful. So give us an idea of how, when you do work with Taros Health, what would be a start-to-finish project that you would work with Taros Health on? We have worked with them on several different projects over the years. Uh, For example, they have um, an LGBTQ Safe Out program Mm -hmm. um, that we have helped them to develop some surveys. They also have a quinceañera, an an alcohol-free quinceañera program. All right. And they asked us to come in and help them to redefine the curriculum, make sure that the curriculum uh, was manualized so that it could be taught the same way every time. Okay. And then to develop surveys, pre- and post-surveys, and to test the intervention. And that's much of what CIRC does in both our research projects and in our community evaluation projects is test out what's going on in the community with these prevention programs to see the degree to which they're being effective. How much impact are these programs having on the youth and the parents that they serve? All right, beautiful. So how are you funded? I'm just curious. We are funded in many different ways. There is a a small grant from the Arizona Board of Regents that had helped our startup in 2002. Um, much of our, many of our professors are funded with those NIH grants. Okay. And specifically from the National Institutes of Minority Health and Health Disparities. Okay. To do research on the prevention programs in substance abuse and diabetes. Um, so we have that kind of funding coming in from external grants. And then, um, as I said, at my Office of Evaluation, we are actually grant-funded from anyone who needs an evaluator. So right now, many of the federal grants from SAMHSA, for example, Centers for Substance Abuse and Mental Health, um, require that if you're going to get one of their grants, you hire an external evaluator to find out what is. Or other groups, such as Taros Health, may have some funding from um, one of the REBAs here in the state, the Regional Behavioral Health Authorities, or from the state government. Mm-hmm. Um, the governor's office, for example, has some federal grants, as, uh, federal and state grants as well. And so we might be hired to work alongside those partners as they're doing both the implementation, but also the... Ev- we also have an office of uh, refugee health, 
um, that is also connected to um, the hospital in terms of the women's refugee clinic there, the All women's right. health clinic. So. All right. So a lot of different sources a come to, to keep your lights on. To no keep the lights on. Absolutely. So I'm curious when research projects are um, tossed around and, and uh, there's a committee, I'm assuming, a committee that comes up with which project is really going to get the green light. What are some of the criteria that you use in order to decide whether a project is going to have life or is it is it going to get put on the shelf for a while? Yes, the whole fun week at our work. And so there are grants, federal grants that we can apply to for, for as I said, and National Institutes of Minority Health and Health Disparities or Institutes of Health or SAMHSA. And literally a lot of those come out with official RFPs, requests for proposal, okay. that you submit a proposal mm -hmm. to. And that, again, has to do with the professors, um, where their research is, where their trajectory is. For example, we um, at CERC developed the program called Keeping It Real. It's a youth substance abuse prevention program. Okay. Um, we had federal funding for that program. Um, then we tested it in the communities um, in South Phoenix. And then, in a sense, took it to scale. So had the manual and, and looked at all of those kinds of things. And so that's a commitment that we've made to that program to keep it developed. And we're right now looking at redoing some of the videos and components for that. But then as we take those projects further, developing parenting programs or working with the community to really help set those priorities. Sure. So whether it's the internal grants and what our own and our professors' research trajectories are in taking those forwards, or the community and the community set priorities. Um, Maricopa County, for example, has to do a uh, community health needs assessment every three years. Okay. And so we've been involved with them in doing focus groups and helping to set priorities. Okay. So sometimes it's the county or state governments that have requirements to do those kinds of assessments Makes that we can sense. help with. All right. So I'm guessing there's not one particular percentage of engagement that makes sense. It could be all over the board. It's all over the board. But again, around our expertise in looking at issues of health equity, what's also mm -hmm. called social determinants of health. Okay. Those other issues, such as if you have access to care, if okay. you have transportation, dear, if you have housing and food, All right. because sometimes you don't get good health care or you can't even be worried necessarily as much about your substance abuse prevention need as making sure you have a roof over your head. Of course. And, and of course, and having food. Child care can come into play there. Correct? All of those kinds of things. So we've been doing some work with our partners around social determinants of health and trying to find out if having community workers for health workers mm -hmm. and case managers to work with clients who go into the ER frequently and end up using ERs as their medical home mm. if having caseworkers to help and navigators to help them get through those other issues in life that are impacting their lives can then also help improve their health. Right. So I, I'm taking it, you know, as you mm -hmm. say, when you're in survival mode, some of these other things that are of avail mm -hmm. to you may not even yeah. come into play. So um, how, how many years have you, this is the 15th annual Cesar Chavez event yes. here with Taros. How many years have you been attending this event and supporting it? 
probably most of those 15, okay. actually. All right. um, I've had the privilege of being in substance abuse prevention and evaluation in the state for about 12 years now. Okay. Um, no, what am I saying? More like 20 years. 20, okay. Um, almost 12 with CERC, specifically, okay. but okay. I was doing this kind of work before then, so I was familiar with Taros and the work that they had done. And then when I came over to CERC um, in 08 uh, to lead their evaluation efforts, they were involved with Taros, not only with the programming, but also uh, their community education person, um, as well as Peggy Chase, their chair, were members of CERC's community advisory board. Okay. And we still have a very active community advisory board, and that is made up of members of different organizations across the state mm -hmm. who have these kinds of needs and want to literally put their have a seat at the table sure. to be able to talk with us about what are those research priorities. So that's another yeah. way that I forgot to mention earlier that we do indeed look at how we set the priorities. Beautiful. What is it that the, that the community and our partners are telling us are the needs that they see on the ground that we can then help them with our community-based participatory research and action research approach. Wonderful. Now, I'm guessing um, by coming here to this event today, 400 who are in the behavioral health um, community mm -hmm. have access to you. They may yes. not even know of your existence. And does it give you an outlet to, to touch base with a lot of people in one day? Absolutely, it does. Okay. Um, networking, for me, is a big part of this. Uh, learning... Uh, situation. Many of my staff are here as our other social work staff from different areas mm -hmm. of ASU as well. And so it's both that networking opportunity to talk to people. We do have a, a booth here at ASU dot, or CERC dot e ASU dot CERC at ASU.edu. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Kinds of things. So it's that really good opportunity, she said, to network get to know people, talk with them about the kinds of work that we do. Yeah. Um, because again, it's developing these interventions and projects and giving them the, to the community. Mm -hmm. What is it that the, the community is looking for? Where are their needs? How help either with a research project or specifically in their organization with needs assessments or survey designs? Right. Or, well, I love the fact that you come from a scientific background and you rely on the data. And then you also follow up on the engagement level and see, did this program work? Did it have stickiness? Did it have liftoff? And you have an idea of where that funding should go next time. Um, or be directed, possibly. Let's talk about the community. Um, what are some of the, the changes that you've seen community-based in the last year or so that have impacted the direction and the trajectory of your projects? In the last, I want to say maybe a couple of years, okay. we've really seen organizations take to heart that idea of data-driven decision-making. Okay. Um, and knowing how to look at the data, how to ask, what do the data say? Why are they important mm -hmm. when they're really looking to make decisions? How to use data in their needs assessments, in determining priorities. How to really ask, what is an effective program? Am I using one that has already been determined by other professors and researchers and is published and has been determined to be mm -hmm. effective and research-based? Or do I need to take my homegrown program and do the research over a period of years to be able to find out that, yes, what I am doing is effective? So it's really been that embracing mm -hmm. of 
the data and how the data can help guide programming and decisions. Sure, that makes sense. It seems a little counterintuitive because you're so much about the people and the community, mm -hmm. but if you can use that big data to drive the project, to get that foundation laid, then it makes sense that you're going to be able to drive the projects that really affect the hearts, affect the lives of your community. Yeah. And remembering that all the data, every time we count a number, it's a person or it's a person um, telling us something in a focus group qualitatively. What was their experience? What's their lived experience? And then we as researchers can take that information from interviews and from survey data and really put it together to tell the story of what's going on with the people, what they're learning, what their needs are, what skills can be built in the community. So. Uh, that's the, the fun and the passion for those of us at CERC is really having that one foot in the community as well as the one foot in academe to be able to merge those worlds. Sure. Well, let's talk about you as, as a professor. What do you see showing up as a passion for your students? Where are your students being led in terms of their mission and their calling in life? Very much, and again, I'm working mostly with social work students, mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll put that caveat out there that they're, they are very people-driven, mm -hmm. very much so, and they go to class and they learn theories, but then we have the opportunities to really give them life experiences as well, um, because so many of us in the social work as professors are really out there in the field doing things. And so whether it's an internship, whether it's um, a class project to develop a survey, we usually take our students into the field so that they can understand the breadth of what's going on. Um, if you're gonna be a case manager and, or a clinician, so many times they go, well, why do I need the data? What's that going to do for me? And it's showing them that if you're helping to track your clients either individually or by groups over time, that data will not only help you to be a better clinician in terms of understanding their services, right. but also helps them to see, oh my goodness, this is where I was when I started out and this is where I am now uh -huh. later on. And so whether it's in the clinical setting um, or in many of these other kinds of programs, really being able to feed those data back to the people that we're working with right. really does seem to make a difference in their lives in, sure. in terms of their understanding and the path that they're traveling. Well, it, it makes sense because nothing replaces experience. And my goodness, if they have an opportunity to see a community situation from start to finish, mm -hmm. um, Nothing beats that, and they get to be a part of that. So that's yeah. huge from an internship standpoint of view. Yeah, yeah. and being part of the, the Watts College of Public Programs and Community Service, that's very much what we stand for and what all of the people in our college do, whether it's social work or public administration or criminal justice um, or community engagement really are involved in these different community projects. And so it helps that we're in downtown Phoenix and literally a mile or two from so many of the clients and people that mm -hmm. we're working with mm -hmm. um, every day. So we really get to have that engagement, mm -hmm. both for our students and for ourselves. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, last question. What's a big project you're working on for 2019, 2020 that um, you can share with us now that hasn't quite gotten the liftoff that, that you anticipate, but what's big for well, one of the big projects um, at CERC is our work in nutrition, 
we're looking right now, we have taken our uh, family program, our parenting program, families preparing a new generation, and we're adding a, a nutrition component to that. Mm. And that's going into the field to be tested in many of the schools working in South Phoenix. And in fact, we have a, a kickoff um, event talking about that uh, May 2nd, I believe it is. Okay. Um, another project that we've been working on for several years that I'm very excited about is with a local group. Their headquarters are here, Child Help. And they work on child abuse pr and prevention, child abuse neglect okay. um, issues. And so we have been, they've had a curriculum for many years. We help them to refine it. And now we're doing the official control trial in schools to see the degree to which that program is effective. And it's a K beginning in kindergarten all the way through high school. So we will have the data back from that program and those results within the next year and be able to really talk about this, hopefully now being an effective research-based program. So another program that can go out into the community and really be used effectively. Wonderful. That is great to hear. One of the things that, that when you uh, were talking about we've been working on for a few years, mm -hmm. it's become clear to me that it's not as if someone has an idea on a Monday morning meeting and you implement it that same week on Friday. It can take years to come to fruition. It is very much years. And so sometimes that's a frustration for our partners, both in terms of, well, we've been doing it for years. Isn't that enough? And uh, no, because you're going to go now through all these research protocols to be able to meet the standards and Got so it. it is and funding yeah and all of that does take years to put together wonderful so all right. uh, once we're involved with a client we're uh, with them for a long time excellent excellent well we really appreciate your time today well, Kathy thank you so much for having us and in inviting surf to the table of course thanks so much Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our 